Hi, welcome to the Swiss Property Podcast. I'm Taran Zaffer, and it's great to have you here with us. In today's episode, we discuss the latest report released by UBS, their Global Real Estate Bubble Index. In this report, they talk about the cities around the world that are potentially overvalued and could be in for a drop. Spoiler alert, there are some cities in Switzerland on that list. In the second part, we talk about a property that we've just bought, the decisions around what we needed to focus on as a renovation, how we manage budget, and what we were going to do next. This and more in the episode to come. Welcome. All right, so let's get started with this news uh, report that came out from UBS. It's titled the Global Real Estate Bubble Index, and it looks at cities from around the world that uh, and they compare it based on kind of different assessments, different data that they have available. And looking back uh, through a number of years, they then try and calculate the the risk associated with different cities of either being fairly valued, overvalued, or with uh, a bubble risk. All right. So some of the big cities in there from around the world you would uh, could recognize as Sydney, uh, Hong Kong, Dubai, New York, uh, Vancouver, Los Angeles. But for us here in Switzerland, the two cities they looked at uh, is Zurich and Geneva. Now, what's interesting that the report talks about is it compares uh, some characteristics. So first of all, it looks at generally kind of the price and rent changes over the last couple of years. And then it also talks about the impact of interest rates and population uh, growth and how that could impact uh, the market itself. And then finally, it looks at very closely the price to income and the price to rent ratios. Now, what those uh, help determine is the affordability of those properties. So price to income is you know, how much uh, you know, compared to what people are earning. What is the property prices and is that of a, say you know within a reasonable range and price to rent is you know based on the rental return on that property and if that also makes sense so let's look at this in a little bit more detail so focusing firstly on zurich the report talks about the the prices have increased by about 20% over the last couple of years since 2020 and that the rent has only gone up by 7%. So what we can see there is already a discrepancy between what we're paying for the property and what we're able to get back on the return. Now this can impact on affordability uh, specifically around if you're buying it just to rent. Now if you're buying it to live in Maybe this is a little different uh, and the calculations and the decisions you take could be a little different. But if you're looking at it as an investor, then the affordability and the return you're making on those properties would be significant less. And then it might uh, be a decision of whether you would go ahead and purchase it or maybe you need to negotiate a better price or look elsewhere. The second interesting fact around that uh, is the looking at the price to income and price to rent. Now focusing on the price to income. So price to income is looking at the average salary in the area based on uh, the affordability or what the report has calculated as what people can afford to uh, to save and their based on their income, what they could get as a mortgage compared to then the prices that they can buy. Now what they found is that 
it takes approximately seven to nine years for an average owner to be able to afford a house uh, in Zurich of about 60 meters squared. So if you compare that, you know, if the, as as the prices go up, if salary doesn't uh, increase with it, so for example, inflation inflation pushes the prices up, then potentially that that number will will go larger. And this is an interesting metric to actually uh, calculate the affordability and the speed at which people are able to purchase homes. So as prices go up, that would slow down. Uh, then there's potentially less demand on the market and so forth. Now, the second metric, which is an interesting one, is the price to rent. Now, this is comparing an equivalent idea of maybe just renting a property yourself versus actually buying it and then the return you'd get or the saving you would get from, say, renting that property, which as an example would be if I lived in a property that was rented out as, you know, I had to pay rent of 2000 a month, how many years would it take for me uh, to rent that property where it would make sense to then buy it instead. And the report there calculates it that in Zurich, it would be between 38 and 42 years. In fact, for both Geneva and Zurich, they're the same numbers. So price to income was seven to nine years. And then for Geneva and Zurich, it was also between 38 and 42 years, which would mean that it would only make sense to buy a property if you were going to, uh, if you were going to, <laughs> not to rent a place for 38 to 42 years, so it means that after 42 years of renting a property, then it would have been better if you'd bought it. Now this is quite a significant time frame, and also people's needs and wants are slightly different. You know, there's also risks around renting that come from, you know, that you know you can be kicked out of the property, it could be sold, uh, the rental value, uh, the rental prices you pay could go up. On the other side, you know, people's tastes in rental also can change. So they may, uh, or they may be able to afford uh, a nicer property than by renting it, then they could actually purchase themselves. But what it shows is that actually the affordability and the prices you're paying for these properties is quite significant compared to the return you're getting on that property. Now, some of the reasons that the article talks about why the prices have gone up so much and the rental has, uh, has not kind of kept up is very much around this loose monetary policy. So with interest rates being so low, uh, cash being easily available, then and the demand, or I, I should say being quite high, and the supply being low, there was a lot of overbidding and uh, just, you know, yeah, excessive competition for the properties that were available. And the way they differentiate was through price. So therefore the prices went up, whereas the rental didn't go up as much. Now, what does that mean for the economy as a whole? It could mean that with the raising interest rates, that there could be a greater pressure on certain families now or investors that have bought properties at these higher rates that, and they may not be able to afford it. So whereas previously at lower interest rates, they could afford these large mortgages. Now with interest rates going up, their repayments will have to, uh, will also increase. And because the rental return hasn't gone up or the individual say salary earners uh, haven't say kept up with inflation, then there could be a greater pressure on the repayments of those properties. 
Now, what does that mean as investors or people looking to get on the market? Uh, it could be a couple of things that could happen. So the first thing that could happen is there could be a lot more property coming back on the market at uh, a more stable nominal rate, which means that even though they may not decrease in property price, they may not be increasing as much. And this is something the article talks about with the high immigration, specifically in Zurich, the demand for property may still be there, but the prices may not be going up as high because the affordability of the mortgages at that rate is just uh, won't, won't be possible with the high interest rates. So that means that there could be an opportunity if people are looking to buy that the prices may not go down, but they may not go up as much. And you might also have a lot more chance for negotiation around particular properties that have been bought with low mortgages. And as those mortgages are set to expire, they jump to the higher interest rates and therefore people will no longer be able to afford them. Now, on the uh, as a side note, the question of whether you should buy or not is also something you can ask yourself. Now, there are many different characteristics or uh, decisions for buying a property versus rental. Now, this can this actually is quite a long topic and we'll probably discuss further on, a, on another uh, podcast. But what some, what's worth uh, remembering is that if you, for example, aren't sure about location, if you want to generally, if you want to live in uh, a nicer area, then that typically uh, you can rent a nicer area than what you can afford to buy. That's typically the situation because in nicer areas, the property prices are much, much higher. But as we've seen in this report, the rental hasn't kept up with the increase in property prices. So the affordability uh, could allow you to do that. Now, looking at the, the bigger kind of macro picture, something that the Swiss market did quite well is that with most of the mortgages based on the affordability calculation, they calculated it based on a 5% interest rate. So we in Switzerland are not even near there at the moment. So for most mortgages and for most uh, individual situations, they were approved by the bank with an affordability of 5%. So it means that with the interest rates being you know, around uh, 1% or less, even negative uh, a couple of years ago, or a couple, even a couple of months ago, then there's a lot of space for people's mortgages to increase, for the uh, central bank interest rate to go up before the affordability criteria would kick in and people would start feeling the, the, the challenge of paying back those mortgages. Now, that's not saying that within their existing budget, their interest rates will go up and the repayments will be much higher. But what it does mean is that generally the calculations that the banks have, have done on that individual means that they can afford the property up to 5%. Because the criteria to get a mortgage is it has to be calculated, affordability has to be calculated at 5% interest rate with a 30% kind of um, uh, max amount towards their salary. So the repayments at 5% can, no, can uh, not be any higher than 30%. And there's also a maintenance uh, uh, repayment cost calculated in that. So based on all of that, then the banks approve the affordability. 
Now, of course, there are differences between banks. There's some flexibility based on your own personal situation. But that is something to bear in mind that even though interest rates are going up, there is a chance that generally people are okay because of that affordability calculator. And also in Switzerland, we have the opportunity to lock in mortgages for long term, 10, 15, 20 years. And so I'm not sure yet what the percentage of people are that have locked in those types of mortgages. And that would be something interesting to find out. But it does give some flexibility within the property market in Switzerland. So are we uh, my my thoughts are, are we going to see a massive crash in property prices? Are we going to see a flood of properties coming on the market? I'm not sure. I would say probably not. But what you could see is less demand for the properties that are coming on the market. So reduce in competition for those properties. So whereas previously there was overbidding happening on those properties, you know, you'd go in two, three, four rounds of properties, highest price would win. Now, uh, there might be even some negotiation around those properties themselves. Uh, and for the maybe maybe for the larger portfolios where they're leveraged in other, other districts, other jurisdictions, maybe other countries, maybe those portfolios will be coming on and providing additional stock. But we have to, we have to see. What it could impact is the build. So building properties, uh, could be impacted because without being access to cheap finance, it becomes quite hard to then construct those properties. So we might find that actually uh, there's less properties being built. Uh, there's some properties being put on the market. There's still uh, a good immigration. People still have salaries. There's still the affordability. People aren't necessarily having to sell. So you might find that the property prices uh, uh, may be stable and in fact just kind of continue along uh, at their nominal rates i.e at the at the standard prices there may not be a, a significant crash something to to definitely watch out for if you are looking at property uh, this might be an interesting time to see if you can get a bargain especially if you have cash and you have access to finance that will be something that will be interesting to to watch and prepare for all right, now let's talk about our renovation project. We're actually filming on site today at one of our properties that we're renovating. It's a beautiful property built in the 1800s or even earlier. And as you can see in the video in the background, it has some gorgeous uh, old period features on the ceiling uh, with some decorative plastering. We fell in love with this property because of the high ceilings, because of these features, and now we're looking and we're in the progress of renovating it. It can be challenging with these old properties. You know, the electricity needs to be completely redone, uh, kind of modern heating needs to be installed, kitchens need to be renovated, uh, painting needs to be done, wallpaper needs to be replaced, and we we didn't realize maybe how much work was required. Uh, we had an idea of it, but the cost and the time and also decisions that we need to make. So do you start with, you know, because we would like to renovate and then live in it. So do you start with, uh, you know, a, a full renovation or do you renovate up to what point and then we can live in it and, and see where we need to go? What's priority, what's not? Do you uh, do, you know, do you install central heating? Do you replace all the windows? 
Do you install brand new electricity? And in what order do you do those? And what can be done maybe now and what can be done later? For us, we decided based on budget that we would focus on the things that are most important to us. And for us, it was to get the flooring uh, and a refresh kind of paint plastering of the, of the house so that we could move in and live there and also to make the electricity safe. So the electricity was very, very old. Uh, it even had these old kind of twist on, twist off uh, fuses. And uh, yeah, it, it didn't have enough watts for the kind of modern appliances. So every time we would vacuum, the fuse would flick off. So we first focused on doing the electrics uh, in one part of it. That meant pulling out all of the old wiring um, having to, you know, put in new wiring because the old wiring actually was insulated with felt, uh, with, uh, with material, and the new wiring is now in kind of plastic tubing. Uh, so that was the first step that left marks and holes all throughout the, the house. Um, and then we had to also install new sockets because there was probably one a room and we wanted to have two or three in the rooms, uh, which meant that we decided you could do two parts. We could either drill holes in the walls and install them kind of sunken into the, into the wall, which gives a very nice finish, but is a lot more work and a lot more cost. Or we replace the ones that have already sunken with new kind of sunken uh, sockets. And any new ones we want to add, we would mount on top of the wall. And that's what we decided to do because you know, we don't know where we would be in a couple of years. Um, maybe this property would go through a full renovation at that time and we felt that actually based on the cost and time it made sense to to do that so the electricians came in it took them probably about two weeks and they pulled out all the wiring you know, added the new sockets in uh, put all the new kind of the tubing along running along the uh, the skirting boards or up along the ceiling uh, corners and uh, yeah they did a great job but there was a huge mess afterwards. So you could see where the wiring had been pulled off, all of the old paint was still there, and uh, yeah, it, it looked a mess. So then we had the, uh, the flooring painters, plasterers come in, and they were kind of uh, the last bit of the, the job, and they're currently in progress now. What's interesting is we had some beautiful old fishbone uh, flooring, which was kind of was a common type of flooring that they had at that time. It was a, a stunning flooring. It took a lot more work and a lot more effort. And now if you were to, repl to replace it, it's a lot more cost to do that than say traditional parquet flooring. So what we decided to do was in one room, we would keep that fishbone flooring. It's kind of like a uh, small pieces of wood that create this design. We would sand it, polish it, and then for the other rooms where the, either the design wasn't very good or we had carpet on all the floors, we ripped all of that out. And over the old wooden floorboards, we then decided to put parquet flooring. Uh, we weren't sure how this was going to work. The, the challenge was trying to get the right color, the right design, uh, the right connection between the old flooring and the new flooring because it's in an open plan living room study section and so there's a joining point which we which we need to work out uh, we've still not decided yet we've 
probably will go with some small kind of silver uh, joiner in between. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll comment on how that goes later and, and share some videos. It's been a lot of work. The builders had to strip off all of the old wallpaper. Behind that, they discovered a lot of holes uh, in the plasterboard and uh, they needed to repair all of that work as well uh, and then reapply the, the wallpaper. We've chosen a beautiful uh, kind of decorative, sl slightly roughed uh, wallpaper. It looks absolutely gorgeous and really fits in with this, uh, this period of, uh, of house. Uh, then the builders would lay that and following that they're then painted. So they started first of all by pulling off all the wallpaper. Uh, then they repaired all the walls. Then they worked on uh, all the wooden features. So the wooden windows, the wooden doors, uh, the balconies. And so they sanded all of that back. And then they applied a first coat, let that dry, and then a second coat. And we're probably on now on to day three of that process where they've been able to apply the wallpaper now with glue wallpaper on and smooth it out uh, with to some of the rooms and applying the second coat to some of the, the wooden doors and window frames. It's looking beautiful. It's amazing how just a fresh white lick of paint across everything plus the white wallpaper lifts this whole property up. Uh, it makes it modern and yet still respects that heritage which we which we love so much in the property. Some of the things that we've learned for, through the process is even though we had an idea, there were a lot of decisions we had to go through and kind of make along the way. Uh, so there were things like, you know, do we paint certain ceilings white or do we keep the wooden feature? Uh, there were decisions around this joining point between the living room and the study. Uh, with also with the electrics. Where do we want to put the sockets? What makes sense? And some of this is hard to tell because we haven't yet moved into the property. So how are we going to use it? Uh, where's our things going to be? Is there flexibility to add more later? Um, and also, you know, our family may grow, so how do we expect the space to be used? And, and these were questions that were, you know, we had to think through through that process and we had to make decisions on the way. So, and, and little, little things that were, were of convenience. So for example, we added a intercom system uh, and that was, that was something that was installed and that was fine, but something the electricians pointed out was where they connected, where they put the intercom system on the wall compared to, and how closely they did it to the doorbell. And you might say, oh, it's, it's easy to, you know, it's easy to do, but it was, it was actually quite interesting to see the fact that when they moved it too close, it looked quite terrible. When they left probably a three or four finger gap between them, it looked much better. So it was these little visual cues that we didn't even think of, uh, which they had in their experience um, kind of shared with us and then said, okay, that's how uh, and where it should be installed. So that was a really, that was a, a cool learning point for us. Uh, also, we've chosen a couple of switches that glow in the evening, uh, which gives us a nice glow uh, when it's all dark, and also some switches that will indicate if, it's, if the lights are on or off. So say we've got a cupboard, um, or even in the loft where we have uh, some lights up there, to save us having to open the door, go up into the loft, we have the switch would glow when the lights are on, and if the lights are off, there would be no glow. 
And little things like that just make it a lot more convenient and comfortable to live in. Uh, it was also cool to discover the, the electric in the house where the main fuse, uh, main fuses were for the house. So this is, these were in the basement and that was quite impressive to see uh, where the electric came in from the street. A lot of that is hidden in modern homes. You don't necessarily get to see that. Whereas in these old homes, uh, they're, they're, they're a bit more visible. For the plastering floorboards, uh, we had to choose between the different colors. We chose to go with something a little bit kind of in between a super light and dark flooring. We felt that that would bring a lightness to the rooms and also uh, match with the fishbone in the original flooring. The new flooring has some sort, some knots and some character in it and a little bit of texture. So you do feel, um, you do feel that wooden parquet that you're walking on and it it's, uh, gives that kind of nice feeling to the house, uh, which, is, which is lovely. Uh, what would, uh, would be my learnings? So for me, uh, I would say uh, adding a little bit more into the budget is always good because things will come up that you haven't thought of. Uh, so I would say probably depending on the size of the project, three, four, five percent uh, extra budget based on the quote or the, uh, that the builders have given you, I think it's always good to have there on the side. Uh, and I think that's probably, yeah. And I would also say that there's, there's always more to do. So where do you draw the line? So there's things that we see now with having the builders have pulled away walls and we say, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to, to do this or add this or make a change here? And we have to pull ourselves back and say, no, focus. Get the things that we need to get done first, live in the property, and then feel uh, what, would be, what would be the best thing next. And I think that's quite hard and quite challenging because you, know, you start seeing the excitement and you start seeing these properly renovated and new and you think, wow, uh, we could do this and we can make that change and let's do a new kitchen and a new bathroom and uh, let's put in a wall here or upgrade that there. And without realizing, you, money's being spent, time's being spent, and you don't yet know if it makes sense. You, know, you need to live in the property, get a feel for it, see how you use the space, and then, uh, and then go from there. So I think that would be the two things for me, would be uh, have a probably three, four, five percent extra budget, depending on the size of the project, and be quite strict with yourself where you draw the line. Okay, the project is the electrics, flooring, painting, that's it, don't do more, and then uh, later live in it and then see what else is needed. And the only reason we did the flooring and painting was because we have some heavy furniture and the old carpet was horrible and we didn't want to put everything in and then have to move it again later. And we had the space and the time to be able to, uh, to make the change now. So that's it for, for today. I wish you uh, a lovely renovation and property search and look forward to speaking to you soon. Cheers. Bye.